Blue Gold Sports is rich in tradition and excellence. It's about the athletes, the coaches, the games, and the history. And it all rolls into one place. It's the Rolling with the Golds podcast. Your official UWO Claire Blue Golds podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this uh, latest episode of the Rolling with the Golds podcast. Dan Nick is right over there. We're roasting in the studio right now. It's... Warm outside, it's warmer in the studio, like 90-some degrees, I feel like, in here, too, so. It is warm It's because in here. It's, we're in here, man. That's but it's why. also to the point, we were at, like, what, single digits last week, and now mm-hmm. we're, I think it's, like, 32 outside, and, like, I walked out this morning in my jacket, I'm like, I'm warm, and so I'm not rocking with the jacket today. Uh, you know, I started my truck ahead of time, a remote start, I'm like, I don't know if I have to do that. Kind of nice out there. I have stuck my head out the window or the door a couple times just to try to cool off. Right, because it's uh, like 95 degrees in here. Yeah, it's exactly. Ridiculous. So uh, I'm excited about this episode because later on the the second half, we're talking with uh, Coach Chip Schneider. Uh, really fun conversation. Just wonderful. Mm-hmm. Just the, so down to earth, hilarious. Just one of one of the best people that we have on campus, um, and. We we, we, we we get into it with them, but, like, championship mindset to mm-hmm. a T. Yes. And I I hope he, when I mentioned this, I was serious. That dude would write, could write a book, and I would buy it in a heartbeat with some of the, the comments and his mindset on some I of that would, stuff. I'm right there with you. I mean, it's just, it was it was awesome. It was very, very awesome. So um, it's going to be a good conversation, and I know everybody's going to enjoy that one, too. Yeah. So, um, and yet, and he's a diehard listener. So, there you go. Yeah, we get called out a little bit, right? Right. So unwarranted, Chip. <laughs> oh, all right. So, uh, busy weekend, man. We're recapping and busy. looking ahead. Yeah, exactly. Where Where do you want to kind of lead off? I mean, we kind of have everything on on the docket here, don't we? I mean, well, I mean let's just roll through the week. Women's basketball over at mm-hmm. Stout had a big win over there. Yep. Um, huge confidence boost for that team, um, especially against, I mean, Stout was kind of living on cloud nine to, to begin the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're ranked at one point, dropped a couple of Wyatt games, but still huge, huge win, mm-hmm. um, especially to grab some of those Wyatt points in the Wyatt standings, Yep. Um, especially to do it over in Johnson Fieldhouse, which yeah. is not an easy place to play. Yep. So uh, women, women did good over there. Um, Men unfortunately fell. Uh, Stout says has a kid that's like averaging thirty five or something like oh, that. Okay. I saw on Twitter the other day, like a week or two ago, like scout for like the Bucks was in town. No kidding. Watching them. Wow. Yeah. So tough one over there. Um, but you know they they had it close towards the end. Mm-hmm. So I mean they're they're proving to themselves that they truly can play with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be an interesting interesting. I can't believe I'm saying it because it's still January, but like. Interesting, you know, final run to the end here of the regular season because mm-hmm. playoffs are going to be here before we know it. Yep, yep. Look, look to make a, a nice, nice little run come championship time. Absolutely. So uh, coming up for for them because they play tonight since we record this on on Wednesdays and we're back to the uh, Wednesday. Well, and I don't want to get the, the lacrosse games too. Uh, the women's team beat lacrosse for for basketball. Yeah, but too, I, so. I mean, it, again, big test for both of them tonight mm-hmm. um, against Oshkosh. Do not envy the men's team heading over to Colf yep. on a Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. They will probably arrive back home at like 1.30 tonight. Yeah. 
Oof. Hopefully you don't have any early classes, boys. <laughs> well, they're still in break, so... Oh, are they? Yeah. Oh, we it must be the tech week. that's... We have one more week. Okay, yeah. Because I saw it's a bunch n- of students, but it must be the tech. It's not the just the day. tech, though. Like, every, like... A lot of other schools came back this week. Okay. We're just different. We are, yeah. In a good way. In a good way. In a good way. But yeah, um, you know, back to your point... Um, Big win for again for the women um, mm-hmm. at home against lacrosse. It got tight again. Got very tight to the end. Um, I think it was like tied at like 62, 64 mm-hmm. from the final minutes, um, and they pulled away uh, to win by nine. So big one there. Men on the other side. I, it, it, it's it's one of those like it, it it's it's almost heartbreaking because they they do keep things close in mm-hmm. in these conference games. They just yeah. can't find the just that. Little extra push towards the end to, to close it out, there. right? Yeah. So, um, I mean, and again, Mitchell Hall, tough place to play. Um, mm-hmm. But the right. thing is, is they'll they'll have their revenge here soon enough. So, yep, absolutely. Uh, hockey wise, you want to hit up hockey? Yeah, a bit here? big weekend for both teams. Mm-hmm. Um, on the women's side, uh, nice little shout out to Alexa Backman, posted her first and second career. Uh, NCAA shutouts. Ooh. Um, one both against point. One was at home. The other one was on the road. So, back to back shutouts for Backman, Bachman. I really should know how to say her last name, but um, shout out Alexa. Um, team team played overall really well. Um, they're on like a six or seven game streak where they've taken forty plus shots on target. Oh. Not just like shots, because like when you, when you look at, at like the stats. The nerd in me, like there's shot attempts that mm-hmm. like even, but even like eclipsing forty in a hockey game for shot attempts, mm-hmm. that's shots on goal, like right, nuts. So awesome. offense is, is is rolling on the women's side. Um, they just they just keep hammering away. They've pretty much locked up second place, second or first mm-hmm. um, in the WIAC. Um Again, two headed race to the end with River Falls. River Falls still. So with that goose egg in the loss column, so mm-hmm. it'll be it'll be a tough one come come tournament time and right, yeah. But it's always a battle between those two, right? No, anything can happen there, right? And I think that's that's the beauty of it is mm-hmm. is you know you almost kind of hope that River comes in with this well nobody can beat us mentality, right? And then you kind of just undercut them and mm-hmm. exactly let them, let them fall flat on their face. Yep. I like it. So, women back in action for the third time against points uh, coming up this Saturday. Playing a team three times in a row, I don't know if that's good or bad. But yeah, that's kind of rare, isn't it, for, yeah. for that to happen? Yes and no. I mean, it's hard. There are only five teams in the conference. True. So, you have to yep. find conference games somewhere, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And I guess you link it. It's, all, it's no different than doing, like, a back-to-back doubleheader weekend for baseball. That's true. Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure you're, I mean, you're facing probably four different pitchers, but... Mm-hmm. But for a lot, most part, a lot of some familiarity, right? You know, so, so yeah, um, they they'll look to keep rolling before. The, um, I know they got Augsburg coming up here next week, mm-hmm. Tuesday. Um, so that'll be a good one over in uh, in Minneapolis. Nice. Uh, I think we have to tally it because uh, Marie did this. Remember, whenever a guest is on, and then how they do. I was gonna text you about this. <laughs> yeah, I like it's official. Yeah, podcast bump like. <laughs> We have like, right? Right, because the men's hot. We had men's hockey on last week, and boom, they uh, get a couple wins. So this is bad of me. Who do we have in the week before? Oh, I'll bring it up here. Oh, we had Robin. Oh yeah, Robin Baker. Yep, that's always a W though. 
It is. So yeah, yep. our yep. shit continues. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> easily, <laughs> easily. Um, so yeah, uh, and I like my chances with Chip <laughs> on later today too. So, <laughs> well, going out to Warren Bullis, we did have a record set last year. So nice. Look for uh, no pressure. We should yeah. have mentioned that earlier. Talking to you, Mitch. <laughs> yeah. Um, only only a few people will know that. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, men went up to Superior. Big game. I mean, they came in. Um, came in conference five and three. Um, we're sitting in third place, uh, and they took both games in their barn. Um, very fast, very very physical. Um, physical towards the end. I think they play. I think the one thing, if if again the hockey nerd in me, the one thing that I think they kind of taught themselves the weekend before, where they lost to Hamlin and then beat Scholastica, is that when they play fast and they play skillful, they're a very very good team. Mm-hmm. It's when they try to beat up the other team and get into the extracurriculars and, you know, right. the, the age-old saying, I went to a hockey game and a UFC fight broke out. <laughs> right. That's when they that's when they kind of fall behind, and I think that's how Hamlin plays, and that's credit to them. That's how they beat mm-hmm. beat us. Um, but, yeah, the one that went, went up to Superior, uh, posted a shutout um, on Friday. Very, very good, good, good game there. They stayed the Knights and played uh, – Played the Yellow Jackets again mm-hmm. uh, on Saturday and beat them three nice. one. Got some secondary scoring uh, for some guys. Big night out of Quinn Green with three assists. Um, so they are they're rolling. Mm-hmm. They're rolling and they're just again looking to kind of lock up that lock up that second place spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know you just funny enough Stevens Point lost last night to St Norbert. So Ooh. unfortunately that doesn't drop them in the. For YX standings, right? Right. Yeah, but, but it still proves that you know anybody can win. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it it changes a little bit with like pairwise and stuff like that. Right. We could probably have an entire podcast on on that. We'll mm-hmm. get into it once we get closer to postseason and all that good jazz. Because might have to bring Robin back in for that one too. Because she was talking about pairwise. Well, I, I mean, uh, I think I could do a good enough job. Well, you don't want Robin on now. Again okay, either? you're right. Yeah, that'll be my <laughs> excuse. There you go. So it's I, I still got to do the. The lightning round with her. Robin so Baker, our postseason preview. Mm-hmm. I, 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 what? I, Connoisseur? I, no, that's not the right word. Expert? Insider? Yeah, those, those, those don't just... Analysts? Those don't hold enough weight to them, though. Like, Leave it up to the to the voters out there. Overlord. Oh, jeez. Okay. I mean, she was on the D3 Champs Committee. I don't know why, but when you say Overlord, I think of, like, the Sith from... Star Wars or something. Good, with that's the exactly. Oh, okay, wait, wait, maybe that's a Sith, but okay. <laughs> well, you're the one who said good, so that's recording right now. Yeah, it uh, depends on say. the day. <laughs> oh man, wrestling again. <laughs> it's forty-two to three, Platteville. I mean, what else? Broken what else can you record. say that we haven't already they said about just, this? They just continue to just keep getting better and better, mm-hmm. and they just keep blowing the doors off teams, and it is. Excellent to see, especially where this program has been. I mean, you look up and down this results list, three guys within the top ten in their own weight classes, just tech fall, tech fall, you know, two a decision, tech fall, decision, you know, lost by decision, tech fall, like, mm-hmm. pin, major, like, it is, it is awesome what mm-hmm. they're doing, and they're gearing up and ramping up, ready to go for conference, and to just hit regionals on the ground running, mm-hmm. but with some momentum. And good thing is, is the nationals this year are 
Wait. Are Nationals lacrosse or is Regionals lacrosse? I should know this. One of them is. But it's not going to be a far drive for people who, you know, want to keep cheering on their blue golds. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying. I'm it. it. Ah, better yet. Plat- Wyack okay. is in Platteville. Okay. Regionals is at Stevens Point. Ooh, okay. And then NCAA Championships lacrosse. So you Perfect, get, yeah. It's the trifecta with the That's even schools. better. You're right. So, All right. So, yeah. I mean, they're going to keep it close to home. Mm-hmm. Um, they're gonna. They're gonna. I think they're gonna surprise some people. Not a surprise to us, right? Right. Because they've we've seen them mm-hmm. just beat everybody this year, almost exactly. But I think they're gonna make some noise come NCAA and, and why like postseason time. Perfect. Uh, gymnastics. Uh, Gustavus Adolphus. Uh, I know they had their triangular a couple weeks ago, but squeaking out the first W of the season too. One and zero. Was it uh, like less than five points? I think they. They got that victory. Was it 188.050 if we want to get technical to 183.825? Which is like, that's like beating somebody 42 to 3 in wrestling. Is it really? Like yeah. one, okay. It's, you, you almost have to just, I mean, because points are based on like tenths and okay. hundreds and stuff like that. So okay. beating a team by five is, is pretty significant. Is pretty, okay. Um, the cooler thing with that, though, is third highest team score in program history. Really? Nice. And we're only in meet two. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. Shout Heck out gymnastics. Yeah. Jesse and, and that crew. Um, they're just they're just such a fun crew to work with and um, getting it done on the road. Um, I, they're back on the road this weekend, mm-hmm. uh, going over to Stout, which will be another good test for them. Mm-hmm. Stout is very much a a solidified program in the WIAC. Um, so just keep just got to keep doing their their thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got some freshmen that are. That are definitely stepping up and and not not taking the spotlight too much, um, especially for you know being college athletics and stuff like that. But I mean, right. we had uh, Harriet Toth, Wyack Athlete of the Week for all around, and she's one of the best mm-hmm. AARs and in D three. I I would argue so. Awesome, good deal. So yeah, they just they keep rolling. Um, I know you mentioned earlier swim and diving uh, did a little bit uh, this past weekend too, and they're getting ready to ramp up here. Yep, uh, a couple divers up, just so. staying busy. Yep. Um, last weekend they went up to the Stevens Point Invite. Um, some pretty good competition up there um, with like Northern Michigan, Gustavus, um, Hamlin. So and obviously Stevens Point. So mm-hmm. good competition up there. They got a big one this weekend um, at the McPhee Pool against Whitewater. Mm-hmm. Obviously, conference duels are always always big. Right, looking to keep that unbeaten record. Knock on wood. Sorry Absolutely. if I drinks anybody. Um, well, hey, this is the good luck pot. So yeah. Well, there's there's some people uh, in our. We won't name names. Coach Strand. <laughs> he <Okay>. got <laughs> he, he got we had a little he got upset with me the other a year or two ago because I used the word undefeated in a tweet. Oh, okay. And yeah. Gotcha. Okay. All right. That's that's. But good I don't believe in jinxes. So okay. All right. You're not I will superstitious. be the first one to yell "shut out." Actually, that's not true. <laughs> oh man! I'll be the first one to yell "perfect game" or "no hitter" at a baseball game. I just thought of a question with that that I wish I would have asked Coach Chip. I'll have to save it for next time. Does he have superstitions? Because he seems very detailed. I imagine no, right? I don't know because he's so organized and detailed. Well, it, so it's funny because I was actually talking with with the hockey guys, and we have they 
uh, Matt had Coach Lone had brought in um, a new guy, and we're kind of just we're chatting. And I one of the things I always ask because I've always heard of crazy superstitions in hockey. Yeah, like if he had any superstitions, and he kind of said no, and he said it's more of like a routine thing, and like that's. Where is that fine line between, like, routine yeah. versus, like, superstitious? Like, right. am I putting on one shoe before the other before I go pole vault because I'm superstitious? Or is that just the way my brain works and right. that's just the routine I get into? Because I feel like the superstitious part is not washing your socks. Right. You, you know, or something like that. Whereas routine is, like, maybe you're getting ready the same way or getting up at the same time and you do this at a certain time. For you know? the multi-athletes, am I eating the same mm-hmm. you know, the same meal between events four and five because that's what's worked. That's mm-hmm. what, just about how much time I have. Right. You know, that's what I know I need, you know, mm-hmm. nutrition-wise. Right. Maybe one of them, because I thought, because I want to talk track and field because uh, they've, uh, they're, they're indoor track and field season. Right. Underway here too, but. Good question. I, I did not know this, and maybe it's part of the superstition part. Not really, because he explains why. The suit and tie. You know, how Chip wears a suit and tie. Oh, yeah. For for the meets there. Yeah. You started, can, you'll hear more about that in the second part here. And it but, started you know. raining last year during the Dick and Mary Johnson Invitational, and mm-hmm. yeah, there he was, suit and tie. Nice. So, yeah. Uh, Jason, Jason was pleasant, was very impressed, pleasantly surprised when he showed up on Saturday, and yeah. he was trying to look around for... For for Chip and yeah, I mean like I mean like like and again like Chip not to give too much away but he wants to look look the part. Mm-hmm. Yep, and it was easy. He was easy to find. So. Yep. Uh, speaking of track and field, I know you mentioned uh, Harriet for uh, the athlete of the week. You also had a couple of uh, indoor track and field uh, uh, members part of the uh, uh, quick trip athletes of the week over there too. So yeah, uh, Jacob Ekwe. Mm-hmm. Oh, I really hope I didn't butcher that for you, buddy. Um, <laughs> I just yeah. I there was one year where we spelled his name wrong, his last name wrong the entire year, and it wasn't until he's like, "Can I get this changed?" I'm like, "Yes, of course." Don't wish you would have told me sooner. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Yika Beckwe, um and Reina Stecker, Stetcher, um, field athletes just had a day mm-hmm. at the UWC Triangular, one of the first indoor meets we've hosted in a long time. Three school records broken: two in the pole vault by the women, Haley Blagdon and uh, Aiden Fleehardy. Um, and then Yika Beckway on the other side, weight throw, uh, facility record. Just, I mean, unreal. This team is, this team is going to go so far this year. Mm-hmm. And I think Chip kind of gets into it. He's excited about his throwers. I highly, highly recommend. I know it's like far out, but I went and, and watched a throwing event for the first time mm-hmm. last year during our home meet. Yeah, that gets that gets fun. Really, it does get a little long. I yep. will say because there's so many competitors, but boy, like you can just feel the energy and feed off the athletes, and hmm. it gets we'll pretty to, intense. We'll, yeah, we'll yeah. to get you out there. Yeah, absolutely. I you know they tried me at discus in eighth grade, and uh, you know I focused on my hurdle career. <laughs> Again, it was a perfect and example. How of, did that turn out? It was the example. Of where are we going to put this kid because he can't do anything <laughs> right now? <laughs> I will admit that, yes. I wanted the three-sport award in eighth grade, and that was the only one they offered in the spring. So, uh. but Yeah, um, other than uh, than those four, um, Blue Gold's kind of, they kind of just showed out, mm-hmm. you know, a bunch of first place, like, I think, just looking at this list here, I think there's like 25, 20 athletes to place in the top three. About 10 of those are first place finishes, so... Mm. Good to see those marks. The good thing is, is talking with uh, 
some of my inside sources, um, and obviously kind of looking at the numbers, the throwers put up numbers that were described to me as NCAA safe. And what that means to what that means is that they've hit marks where like they're they're right around the range where they need to be to qualify for nationals. Oh, okay. Mind you, this was week two. Yeah, right. For them. Wow. What a program, man. What a program. What? So they are they're they're it's gonna be a fun mm-hmm. fun next couple of months for them. Absolutely. Well let's talk a little bit more about that program, shall we? Let's get into it. Yeah. Uh a fantastic I know all of our conversations are good. This one was a lot of fun, though, too. I don't know if we've laughed as much as we've kind of done in this one. Like, motivated, but then laughed and, you know, that sort of stuff. I laughed. I cried. I was scared. All the- You were scared. I was scared. <laughs> he did call you out on one of them, I think, didn't he? Called me out on multiple. <laughs> Uh, but well, he's a diehard listener, so yeah. we appreciate him because he came with receipts on some of them, too, with oh. your pineapple pizza, I'm just saying, yeah. That and my music choices. And- <laughs> yes, that was the best. Let's though. get into it. Uh, quick break from our sponsors. We've got uh, Coach Chip Snyder joining us after the quick break. BSN Sports, a proud supporter of Blue Gold Athletics, is the largest provider of team sports equipment and apparel in the country. With more than 40 sales pros that live and service schools in every corner of Wisconsin and beyond. BSN would like to thank all of the supporters of Blue Gold Athletics that share our passion for enhancing the student experience. While BSN Sports is the best at equipping athletes, coaches are the best at equipping lives. And that's the real final score. Learn more about how BSN can save you time off the field and the court, giving you more time to impact lives of student-athletes. Contact your local BSN Sports sales pro today or visit bsnsports.com. Let's raise a glass to the greatest gas rewards program. We're excited to share Festival Foods Gas Rewards includes beer, wine, spirits, and more. So everyone can load up the cart with their favorite beverages and load up on rewards for quick trip gas. Our aisles are stocked with everything from local breweries and international wineries to craft cocktail kits and refreshing seltzers. So get ready to fill up and save big. Cheers to that. Festival Foods, local since 1946. Milwaukee Burger Eau Claire is the perfect place to smash some post-game bloodies, beers, and of course, burgers. Superior service complements our golf ball-sized cheese curds, monstrous burgers, and an over-the-top beer selection, all served with scanitude the way it should be. Milwaukee Burger Eau Claire. All right, we are back from those wonderful messages from our awesome sponsors out there. Big thanks to all of you sponsoring the Rolling with the Golds podcast. Now, we have a coach that, Nick, you and I have talked about quite a bit. I think almost every episode his name gets brought up. Nearly almost every episode uh, his his name gets brought up here. And that's what happens when you've won some national championships, though. National champions, national championships, multiple top tens in the NCAA has just completely taken over uh, the the atmosphere for track and field in Division Three. Mm-hmm. Um, wouldn't tell you that himself, though. Probably one of the most humble people I know on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that, one of the most hardworking people as well. Um, I still don't know how he does it with, you know, not only two teams, but I almost would say four teams, men's and women's, both indoor and outdoor. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, running home meets 
Yeah. They just recently had their first home indoor meet in quite a while this past weekend and hosted their first outdoor meet last year and he did all the all the work yeah. all the work to it and and with that he you know, puts out some pretty pretty good talent too. Yeah. So some good results, right? Yeah, yeah not bad. That always helps. Yeah. <laughs> so well, we've 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 mentioned we've name dropped him multiple times. Yep. And I know he's an avid listener of the podcast. So, all right. Welcome on, Chip Schneider. I am an avid listener. I just right. finished the other one last week's the other day, so I wouldn't know something that you would talked about last week. So <laughs> I'm all up to speed. So you can't you can't surprise me with anything. Scouting, I like. Yeah. Yes. And yep. the reason I know that is because I had I had just briefly mentioned a couple episodes ago a transfer coming in mm-hmm. and then you stopped me in the hallway and you're like how did you know that like, <laughs> that's not really public information but so yeah welcome on thanks thanks i've been anxious to get on i, I enjoy listening so now i gotta listen to my own voice this week so we'll see how that goes i can't listen ears. to my own voice i, I do <laughs> really? it for a living and i can't every time i hear a commercial so i turn it down like i just i can't do it so ever since i've been a kid that's really why, that's why i text i can't i don't oh, talk wow. on the phone with people Unless it's grandma, because grandma can't text. So that's fair. Yeah. So, uh, well, Chip, I mean, you've been with with the Blue Goals for quite a while. I have. I'm in my 22nd year here now. So yeah, I've been been here a long time, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a reason I've been here. Obviously, I love the place. So um, fell in love with the place right away, and and hopefully when I'm done, they bury me in the office. Or, <laughs> Something, you know, I always say that. But, yeah, I'm not going anywhere until I'm done, done. So this is where I want to finish everything, too. Just another example, Nick, right, of uh, another coach that has been with uh, the university for, for a long time, majority part of their career, their whole career. It's a testament to how close these coaches are mm-hmm. with with each other and and their, you know, continued efforts and dedication, you know, to the student-athletes as well as, you know, it's fun to be a blue gold. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, gotta ask. Let's go back a little bit uh, here, Coach. What was it about running track and field? What was it? Go back to maybe when you participated as a, as a youngster. What was it that drew you to the sport? Uh, I'm from a track and field family, so mm-hmm. I'm the youngest uh, of four kids. Um, my brothers both ran ahead of me. So, when I was growing up, we had hurdles at our house. We had starting blocks nice. at our house. I had a I had a long jump pit that we built in our backyard. So. I kind of just grew into it. Um, mm-hmm. I loved the sport since I was a little kid. Um, followed my brothers to all their meets and got to watch them. And and it's always been my number one sport. Um, mm-hmm. I played all sports. I'm from a small town. So, you know, I played summer baseball too. So I was four sports a year. You usually get about two weeks off. But, um, you know, did well coming up through the high school ranks and, and went to college to basically run track. Mm-hmm. I always say that. I don't tell my athletes this usually, but I majored in track and field. Yeah. Um, it, it's what got me to college, to, to go to college. I didn't know what I wanted to do exactly at the time, and, and it, it panned out into to what I'm doing now. I always say uh, when I'm recruiting a kid, it's like, well, you know, you're here for school, and this isn't going to be the rest of your life, but I'm a hypocrite when I say that because I made it my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> kind of one of those – just don't be like me. Sort right. Of <laughs> well, you, I mean, you 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 had a pretty good collegiate career too. UW Platteville. I did. Um, I did. Um, you know, I, I I had opportunities to go other places, but I was I wanted to stay close to home. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed my time at Platteville. Uh, I could never go back to Platteville now and, yeah. and be in that town. It's <laughs> a little too small for me now. But at the time, it it was a big town to mm-hmm. me. Um, 
you know, 15,000 people was big, believe it or not, to me at the time. I enjoyed my time there. I probably spent too much time there. It took me a couple more years to graduate than four. Um, but, you know, it. I learned a lot. I had some really good coaches when I was there and mm-hmm. um, really pushed me to, to do some things that I thought I could do but wasn't sure. Um, won a couple national titles on my own there and was a couple-time All-American. But, you know, I say this a lot. Being a, being a good athlete doesn't make you a good coach. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, it will get you a good job as a coach sometimes because they think you know what you're doing as a coach because mm-hmm. you, you were fast or you could jump high or throw far. That really doesn't convert all the time. And I will admit, 22 years ago when I started, I was probably not a great coach. I was a good athlete that thought he knew how to coach but mm-hmm. learned a lot over the years. And I, I, think, I think I'm still learning. So um, hopefully – you know, in 10 years from now, I'm a better coach than I am right now. Nice. So what were, did you have any uh, favorite events or what were you really, really good at uh, growing up? Did it change? Yeah, uh, a little bit. Over? When I was a little kid, I loved the long jump. Yeah. Um, that was my, my go-to. I'd get off the bus every day and go in my backyard and long jump and forget my dad's tape measure out in the back and it would get all rusty. Back <laughs> when it was metal tape and That's you'd awesome. you get mad and have to buy a new one. <laughs> he wasn't really mad ever, to be honest. But um and then it grew into the point where I really liked the hurdles, um, and particularly in college, I liked the 400-meter hurdles, So, which, you know, everybody thinks it's the hardest race on the track, but if you're good at the 400 and you're good at hurdles, it's it's really not as hard as you th- they think it is, but mm-hmm. you always tell people it is so that they don't go into that event, so you, <laughs> so you have less people to beat. Uh, so you always say, yeah, that's that's a rough rough event, but... Um, yeah, those, that, those are always been my favorite. Obviously, I, I still sprinted up through the 400 meters, and I ran cross-country in high school, but it, it was a means to an end. I, mm-hmm. I didn't love running, you know, 5K by any means. But, um, yeah, hurdles and a long jump are my forte growing up. Nice. That's what I did in eighth grade track and field. Really? Were you good? No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I mean, do you have eligible, eligibility left? <laughs> you don't okay, want okay. that. You okay. don't want that. That was I was one of those that took track and field and, like, we got to find a spot for him. Oh. Nobody wanted to do hurdles, so I did her. I was one of those that, like, slowed down right before you jumped. And gotcha. So you would test my coaching abilities? Yes. Okay. Well. That w- that might make a good video sometime to try that. Try to redo the hurdles with, there in, you, go. you know, 37-year-old we'll see Dan. see how good I am. Gosh. <laughs> I do say this, though. One time it was the uh, – this was eighth grade. We had our conference meet in Rapids. I finished second to last, so I was really proud of that. You beat I didn't somebody. finish last. Yeah, I beat somebody. Beat somebody. <laughs> and it was from Merrill, and I didn't like Merrill, so there you was go. Was it like a DQ? Or <laughs> I will say when I was warming up, I might have tripped over the, the <laughs> hurdle, too. So I was, yeah, not the greatest. Not the greatest. But uh, So the, looking at, so you coached a little bit at Platteville, too, right, uh, a little bit? or I helped did. out a little bit? Um, as soon as I was done with eligibility, I still had some years left of school. So I, I started coaching as soon as I was out of eligibility. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was different experience. You're, you're coaching people that were your teammates the year yeah. before and, and coaching, actually, at the time, I was coaching guys that I was living with. Um, but I knew, I knew I wanted to coach. I always knew I wanted to coach. Um, but, yeah, I spent a couple years there. Um, when I got out of college, I taught for a couple years in a small town just south of, of Platteville in Galena, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And I, would still, I was still coaching at the college during that time. And two years of teaching middle school and high school health and FIAD, um, I didn't think that was something I wanted to do the rest of my life. So I went mm-hmm. back and got my grad work to, to become a full-time coach. 
Mm-hmm. And then you went, uh, was it to lacrosse for a little bit? We don't bit? say that word. Oh, we don't, we don't say that word? Yeah. Okay. We, that, we, I went to the school a couple hours south of here. I like Sorry. that. I didn't prep you. Yeah. No, it's okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, I love my experience there, but that's our rival. Um, I met my wife there. I definitely didn't my, meet my wife in Platteville. That was an engineering school. Um, there was usually a couple couple girls in your class, but one of them would be my sister, and, you know, it's, that's a little weird, too. Right? Uh, so... Yeah, um, yeah. I spent I spent a year at, at, in grad school. Got my degree there. Mm-hmm. had a, Had a great experience. Um, was part of a team on the men's side that that won the triple crown. They won cross country, indoor, and outdoor track that year. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wanted to see what they were doing that was different because they were the school at the time to beat. And and I wanted to know what was different there than what I was experiencing at Platteville. Um, mm-hmm. And it was an eye opening experience because. I found out that they didn't do a lot different or better. They just had a lot better people doing it. Um, and their systems were in place and how they talked about winning was different. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that was a really good experience. And then right out of grad school, I got the offer here. Um, to be honest, I'm very competitive. So Eau Claire was in the conference that I had grown up in and, mm-hmm. and competed against. And when I took the job, I took it because it was a head coaching job. And it's like, I can't not take a head job. I'll use it as a springboard to get somewhere I want to get because um, mm-hmm. I didn't like Eau Claire because I wanted to beat them all the time. I just, I'm one of those people that I, yep. <laughs> I'm not good about loving a lot of times in competition. <laughs> I, I work well on hate. Um, so, um, yeah, but within like the first six months of this place, I, I knew this was somewhere I was going to end up for mm-hmm. a, quite a while. And now. Obviously, 22 years later, here I am. I mean, look at, uh, I know, Nick, you and I weren't around, you know, well, we were around, but we weren't with uh, the university. But from, like, day one to where you're at now, could you have imagined this? You know, looking back at all the national championships. I know it's going to sound horrible, but, yeah, a little bit. Um, There's a a great story. So one of my assistant coaches, Paul Conlon, with the throws, who – the throws on our team are amazing, and they have been since I got here. That was one of the areas that when I came into the team – was already good mm-hmm. but we were bad as a team like my first conference meet i coached for the men we scored 26 points and we had a guy that won the shot put so that left 16 points for the rest of the team which is not good because mm-hmm. there's relays which you finish you score um and i told paul when i came I'm like we're gonna win nationals here and he kind of rolled his eyes a little bit he's like yeah okay chip you know i i don't know if that's gonna happen he's like i've been here for a couple of years now we got some teams to get past. We're not good as it is. And I'm like, I'm glad I didn't listen to him um, <laughs> at that point. But, yeah, like I don't I don't go into anything mm-hmm. without thinking that you're, we're going to be the best at something. Like whether we get there or not, that's, that, that's a lot of work. And, and there's got to be some luck involved. There's no doubt there's mm-hmm. some luck involved in winning a national title. Um, but, yeah, that was my goal. And. After four years, we weren't doing so good, and I'm like, maybe he's right. Like, you know, I started looking at other schools and saying, maybe I need to go somewhere else to win because I don't want to be a loser. Like, I believe that you win in all parts of your life, okay? Mm -hmm. So I got turned down for a job at a place that was two hours south of here, and I was one (laughs) of the finalists. Um, I still have the rejection letter on my desk, Um and I said, okay, that's that's the last straw. That's we're going to do it here. And and a couple of years later, things turned around. I just got the right people in, and it took a while to get my coaching staff in place because that's why we're really good. If you, mm-hmm. you go on our website and 
look at how many coaches we have. Like, that's a testament to, to what we're doing, too, is people want to be part of it, and mm-hmm. they stick around after they've been in my my system. So um, I definitely don't do it by myself. I kind of – I'm the ringmaster, but people are here to watch all the other mm-hmm. shows, right? Yeah. So, I mean, one of those coaches, Dan, I mean, with your guys' oh, back and forth connection there, helping out in different – Dan's my right-hand guy, you know. Yeah. If when he go, if he ever goes, I'm going, and <laughs> vice versa probably. Like, we're – we do everything, you know, we know each other's systems. Um, he's right down the hall from me, so we're having conversations on a daily basis. He's one of my best friends. Not, You know, if I'm going to hang out with somebody, he's probably who I'm going to hang out with. But mm-hmm. usually I'm sitting at home by myself trying to figure out how to win the next one. But, um, yeah, I mean, Dan is Dan is good at things that I'm not good at, and I'm good at things Dan's not good at probably. We're very different people in ways. Like he's a he's a process guy and I'm like let's I'm a nuts and guts guy a little bit. So <laughs> so we balance each other out really well. Yeah. How how beneficial do you think it is because with the cross country and, and track and field mixture, what to have those consistent coaches with that? You, you can't be good without being consistent. That like that's that's a key. Like if you mm-hmm. look at any like obviously every now and then somebody will come in and just turn a program around, right? Um but you hope that person stays too, because more times than not, consistency is the key. Kids, kids need consistency, mm-hmm. and I say kids. I know they're young adults, but if if they're not getting consistency, then it's hard to get good at anything in your life if you're not consistent with it. You mm-hmm. know, and Dan would be the first one to tell you that as a distance runner. That's that's the key. It's not even how fast you go. It's it's how many days in a row can you stack good workouts. Um, mm-hmm. That's one of my big sayings. Like. I coach my son right now. He's a professional athlete. Um, and I'm like, we got to stack some days. You had a rough year last year. You were injured. Until we can stack days, we're not going to get better because every time you stop, you start over to a certain degree. So, um, yeah, we've been pretty fortunate late, lately. We haven't had a lot of turnover in our staff within the track and cross-country programs. Right, exactly. Now, I know Nick has kind of mentioned this before, and if you want to jump in, but, like, what's your – when you begin a season – is your goal national championship? Not to, displ- to downplay like why championships or anything like that, but but a little bit because I've mentioned it to people when I first started here. I was very, <clears throat> I was surprised and shocked to find out that you know when when you look at the accolades of the program, why championships aren't aren't there's not there's not as many as to how many like successful seasons we've had, and so when. I forget what year it was, but it was just like, oh, we didn't we didn't take the WIAC championship. Like, are we doing okay? Like, did we just have a rough weekend? And my Jill was just like, oh, just you just wait, you just wait, and bang, you guys went out and performed like exceptional at 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 NCAA's, and I think that's kind of just been and we've kind of talked about that, and I think I've I've kind of you know talked to you about it setting up that system to where you're hitting your peak and you're hitting your peak at the right time. Mm-hmm. And for you, that's nationals. It is. and I, I want to preface what I'm going to say here with a little, it's not like we're not trying to win conference sometimes. Mm-hmm. There's definitely years that we're, we're sitting guys though at conference or women at conference to make sure that they're at their best at nationals. Um, I would rather do better at nationals. The trophy's way bigger, and it looks way better in my <laughs> office. I um, love the honesty. Yep. <laughs> You're right. It <laughs> is. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I would. I would like to win everything mm-hmm. if I could. I mean, there's nothing I go to, and I'm like, let's lose today. Right. Um, it to me, actually, it might be a little easier for us to win nationals with where we're at. Um, 
we want to win conference. Like about ten years ago, um, I would say verbally, yeah, we're we're not we're not going to win conference. We're going to go after national titles. And and I I finally said to myself, why am I saying that? Like you're you're speaking something into existence. Like let's let's not say that anymore because it's I'll t- here's why it's hard to win conference right now. Um, you have to be extremely deep in every event. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's like. Like, if we were a football team right now, we might struggle a little more than what you see because we can be really good with eight women, ten women, or eight men, ten men, and win nationals. But you can't win a conference championship with those people. Mm-hmm. You need depth. And and there's a couple of schools in our conference that are so deep in everything that it's hard for us to get by them right now. So we can't miss. Um, we we can miss on a few people, but if we just don't miss on our really top kids right now, we can win a national title. Do you think part of that comes just from your own personal experience having won, you know, a national championship, multiple national championships yourself, and you kind of just wanting that for the the student-athletes? I guess, yeah. I want, like, the national experience is different than the conference experience. It mm-hmm. just is. If you've ever been, it's, it'd be like making it to the NCAA tournament in basketball or or soccer or anything, but actually getting to the final game. You're 100% right, yeah. It just looks different. When you get to that final, like, even in the NCAA D1 basketball tournament, right, to get there and be one of those 64, 68 teams, Mm -hmm. when you go to that venue, it's going to be awesome. But if you make the final four, that's a whole nother beast, right? Mm -hmm. That's nationals to us. Like, when we go to that meet, it looks different than any other meet, and it's a totally different experience. And you're usually in in a totally different state than we use used to we fly to that meet usually if it's far away so yeah i want people to have the experience that i had Mm -hmm. you know when i was an athlete and and conference is great too like there's kids on our team because we're a big team you know we're 65 men 65 women there's kids that i know on our team that probably are never going to get to a national level so you know winning on our team has different meanings within our own team because it's a team sport, but it's it's really an individual sport with team aspects to it. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're you're trying to balance team and individuals too within that whole spectrum. So there's a lot of differences to how you coach different kids on our team and the expectation. And but like, yeah, my expectations are usually a little higher than their own expectation. Mm-hmm. Now, what was it like? Was it last year to have your first outdoor home meet? Before? Yeah, was, for, well, was it, was the first, it wasn't my first one. It was right. the first one in like 15 years. For the program over there, yeah. It was. First off, it was a lot of work because yeah. if you haven't done something in a long time, it's like starting over, right? So mm-hmm. it was like all, all the processes had to be put in place. So there was a lot of work on the front end of that. So a lot of worry. I, you think I'm kidding, but for about a year, I was like, there was like once or twice a a week that I was waking up in the middle of the night worried about something, mm-hmm. um, which is good. That's why things go go well. Like the meat itself went really, really well. It was probably even better than I thought it would. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just nice to to have the kids be able to run at home and have their right. friends come, you know, right down the street instead of having to debate whether they were just going to watch it on a live stream or, mm-hmm. you know, drive two or three hours to watch their friends. Um, you know, it's a great venue. It's right out our back door, for, you know, so – you know, and there's and we're two phases through a three phase upgrade to that, you know, facility at Simpson Field, and when mm-hmm. the third one happens, it's going to be amazing. You know, I I, I I don't tease when I say this, but like when that phase happens, 
I would like to see us bid for a national meet to host because I think it will be that nice of a setup because um, everything's in one place. Even the throws are right, you know, right there. You, mm-hmm. Like I can stand on the bleachers at the top and I can see every event from one spot if I want to, which every track doesn't have that, you know, luxury. Like there's times where throwing events are two blocks away depending mm-hmm. on what your space involves. But, yeah, I mean – I will also say that it's a lot of work. Like there's yeah. days where I'd, I'd rather get on a bus and travel and watch somebody else do all the work and just mm-hmm. compete. But right. it, it's nice to have that one meet, you know, outdoor mm-hmm. and be able to hang your hat on that and the kids to look forward to that. Uh, so I'll ask you this. Uh, I wanted to pre- preface it by asking this then because we've talked about it on, on the show before, the success you've had, you know, championships and such, and you never had a home meet for, for a long time at, at least. Was that difficult for, for recruiting-wise, or, or, or was it kind of maybe overblown? Or, or what were your thoughts, I mean, to, to have the success but yet never have an outdoor I mean, outdoor you just said the show's national championship rings. It got kids in the door, right? Right. right. It, it, <laughs> I mean, it's changed. Like, that's the thing. Like, I think it's a little overblown on one end because, um, mm-hmm. you know, we don't host a lot of indoor meets, but high schools don't have indoor facilities. So you walk a kid around an indoor facility, usually it's better than what they're used to. If they're comparing us to some other colleges and they're they're really doing a lot of visits, then then we got a little more trouble because they've seen some places probably a little better. And an outdoor track, the nice part about being in Wisconsin for a long time, a lot of your recruiting's done during the winter still. So mm-hmm. you just say there's a track under the snow. Mm-hmm. You don't show them anything, so they don't know any better. So you know, but it's. I always say this: you recruit people. So for me. I never recruited facilities. Um, I would tell them why they were going to get better because of the people that they were going to be around. Um, I went to a high school where, you know, I won state titles and, and was on a team that took second at state, and we didn't have a track. Like, we literally worked out in parking lots hmm. or on streets and things, um, but we had really good coaches. So so I grew up in a, with a feeling that the places don't make you better. But people can, and and the athlete really drives that. So, you know, we have good enough facilities, and we've always had good enough facilities that if you're able to practice, that's the main thing. Like 98% of your days are practicing, if not 99%. So the meat part of it, it's really secondary. It, it's a nice it's a nice thing to have, but it's, it's not necessary. There's plenty of people that are great at you know, schools that don't have much. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of schools that have it all, like facilities-wise, that aren't doing well. You mm-hmm. know, so I've never really, you know, put my flag in that whole thing where it's like, and I know that it's like our last athletic director loved to talk about that. And he's like, yeah, yeah, they're winning without this. And it's like, yeah, but we're winning with a lot of people too. Like, you, mm-hmm. you know, let's highlight the people, not the facility. Right. Yeah, I love that mindset. Just got the title of the episode, by the way. I don't know if you saw me typing it over there too. So I always look for quotes. Yeah, what was what it? I, what was it? Uh, places don't make you better or make you better. People do. Okay, I so. wondered which one it was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> I should have just kept you surprised uh, <laughs> on there, over there. So, uh, so you mentioned the facilities. Will the you know the Sonantag one? Are you guys? Is that something you guys are going to be able to to utilize at all? To or? be honest, Sonantag won't affect my team really. Mm-hmm. at all i don't think um that's to be seen right now like like right now i'm, I'm not expecting to really have anything 
to do with Sonic Tag. Like, I'm excited mm-hmm. for Sonic Tag. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really curious to get in there. I, last time I saw it, was, inside was June when we were uh, hosting the athletic director search. So that's the last time I've actually been in that place, which I'm kind of waiting. I want to see it at the end more. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm excited for the other coaches. It's it's a game changer for a lot of the programs. You know, like, we talk about it. And I get a lot of recruits and things like, what do we – like, how is that going to – like, well, it might just get more – you know teams out of where we're at and like free up some more space but um you know that which is fine like i'm mm-hmm. i'm excited for the other teams I, anything on a campus that's nice is benefits your team too like you know if we we build a new dining hall that's going to help us you right. know if there's a new dorm it's going to help us anything anything new helps you so um i'm just not sure how much it's going to help us particularly but that's fine like we're, mm-hmm. we're good with what we got so you've got the indoor season going on right now. How big for maybe just the general fan or maybe who doesn't know? Is there a big difference between preparing for indoor track season compared to, to outdoor track season? Not really. Um, there's a few things. There's a few events that change indoor to outdoor. Obviously, we're not we're not throwing the discus or javelin inside. We don't want to kill anybody. Um, <laughs> you know, there's no 400 meter hurdles. You don't run the 10k inside. But like the preparation is is basically the same i i th- i think of indoor track as preparation for outdoor track season okay um, we're we're really building for the outdoor track and field wasn't wasn't meant to be done under a roof but we live in wisconsin and the mm-hmm. north so it's it's a necessity but like but we we want to win indoor but like my our focus is is definitely the outdoor season mm-hmm. um but it, people are doing basically the same things indoor and outdoor mm-hmm can I bring up kind of what you mentioned to the incline track? Was, oh, the bank? Yeah, the bank. Yeah, that we were there last I think week. you kind right, of mentioned yeah, it last Dodder, week. Aurora. Yep. Yeah, I mean, those, anytime you can get on a bank, it's it's just easier to run because it takes care of centrifugal force as you're going around the corner so you don't have to fight the corner so much because indoor, indoor is harder to train on just because the corners are tighter and it's it's harder on your body to, to fight that, mm-hmm. that force. Um, so the bank kind of takes care of it for you. There's not a lot of bank tracks though in the midwest um so it's hard to find them a little bit and get on them but our national meet is is out east this this year so we wanted to get our top kids on on one so it wasn't the first time they'd seen it um Mm -hmm. there's a few bigger tracks too like iowa state has a 300 meter indoor track you can't go out past that as far as size but most tracks that we compete on are 200 meters indoor and they're flat Mm -hmm. um so yeah there's some difference um there's definitely that I would say outdoor tracks are pretty universal. Indoor tracks, there's tracks where you know that are fast because they're bigger radius, and there's tracks that you know are a little slower because they're a tighter corner. It's just harder to fight that inside. Mm-hmm. What would you say? Did you have a question quick before I go? Yeah, I can. Okay, I was just gonna say, what would you say is the biggest difference from, you know, maybe when you started coaching or when you were competing to to where it's at now? I mean. You know, a lot of sports, we, we talk about film. We talk about, you know, maybe nutrition, you know, that sort of stuff. Has there been a big difference from when you first started maybe to, to where you're at now where you had to maybe adjust as a coach? I think there's a perception that there's a lot of difference and people talk about those things, right? Like nutrition's always been a thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, people are more aware of those things now. Um, you know, obviously, yeah, it's easier to, like, film something on your phone and show them right away now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've... I, if I went back and looked, I probably have video of me running like twice when I was, you know, in college. Um, but we try not to get too involved in that too because track and field has been around forever, right? It's one of the original sports. Yep. So um, people have always been fast and thrown far, and and you want to 
you want to take advantage of everything you can. But you don't want to get so involved in things that aren't the base of what you're trying to do. Like, you got to take care of the base first. So things aren't as complicated as some people would love to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a, maybe it's because I'm getting older that I think that way. And people will probably be like, oh, he's an old coach. He's, you know, you know, he's just meat and potatoes guy. Yeah, kind of. Like, we'll take care of the other things when we get to it. But, you know, recruiting has been a lot different than, like, when I was in getting into college, recruiting was just kind of done in Division three, right? Mm-hmm. Division one athletes were recruited, but Division three, you just went to school and found your place. And if they had a good program, you went there because you knew about it. It's a little more involved now. Like you have to, you have to go after kids. You have to tell them how great they are a little bit more. Um, they mm-hmm. need, they're hearing it more. It's easier to see themselves on social media and and know if you've you've liked something that they put on yeah. and things like that, which. I I get I don't I don't necessarily love it you mm-hmm. know um, but I know it's necessary. Mm-hmm. One thing, kind of not to go off on too much of a tangent, but one of the things that I think we actually we were talking about the other day um, in the office because um, Jason had brought it up after going to the meet this past weekend um, is he was very impressed and a little surprised um, the shirt and tie oh. for meets and I I hundred percent would agree. Um, seeing early early photos from from when I got here, is that something that's always kind of been just something that you just that you did? Is it something that you know was was kind of, or was it something that was you know kind of told to you when you first started? Or no, like that's just one of my things, I guess. Um, I think when I was growing up, I looked at different coaches, right? Like when I saw Tom Landry on the sidelines in a suit, mm-hmm. I thought that then you knew who was in charge. Right. Like if, like baseball is different, right? They wear the uniform. That's their thing. Mm-hmm. But to me, the first part of the job is looking the part. Like, it, like the, your first impression of anybody is what you see. Okay? So if I look like the person that's in charge, people know who they're going to. And, and if I do things right, then my, the respect comes after that. But to me, it's a job. Like, I'm not there to be an athlete anymore and to be part of that. So I want there to be a distinction that I'm the head guy. Like, like my, I don't make my coaches wear ties or anything like that. But to me, that's important. And I'm, I'm not in a tie every day at work or anything like that. And you can see how I'm dressed now. But, like, there's got to be some professionalism for people to take you serious. Um, I'll goof off as much as the next person. I'll I'll tell a bad joke here and there for sure. <laughs> but you'll look good doing it. But yeah, that's like right. <laughs> I do. I, I I I just think that's important. I, I you know I I was I was raised in a family where you'd be surprised. Like my mom made sure everything we had was clean all the time. Like it, I think it's crazy now, but like when we wore a pair of jeans, we wore them once, and then she washed them. When we had a towel, we we had a towel once and she washed it um we didn't have a lot growing up but man we were always nobody you wouldn't have known it to look at us so um yeah that's important to me you need to write a book man i mean i've thought about that i've started writing notes you uh i i would read that in a heartbeat definitely Uh, right i mean there's this you got to work on that i appreciate that that. (laughs) so what's a typical season i mean because you got you know obviously you've mentioned the winter you know the weather quite a bit here for for wisconsin how does that affect or what's that like scheduling you know with with the indoor then you got the outdoor i know sometimes when it comes to spring we're 
we're at the mercy of Mother Nature, you know, to, to get out there and such. But what's Indoor it like? Is simple, because yeah, like, right? we're inside, right? Like it's like basketball. It's like weather's not going to affect us. Yep. Um, outdoor, you know, that's first part of outdoor is tricky, like especially for practice, because the beauty of it is we can always come inside and practice. Um, so we're not practice. I love that. Now I'm thinking of <laughs> Iverson, um, but. We've ne- I've never had it where we've had a meet canceled outdoor yet. We've had it like moved a day up or a moved a day back. Um, there's some flexibility with some schedules to do that. Um, but you know, as long as there's not snow on the track and it's not lightning, we'll we'll go out and, mm-hmm. and compete. Um, in a perfect world, to be honest, track and field would be a May and June sport, but you do it around the, the school year. Mm-hmm. Um, no different than baseball. Like baseball in high school and college really should be a summer sport. Right. That's what it's meant to be. But that's not how it works in a school schedule. So it's it's really not – everybody's going through the same thing. That's mm-hmm. that's the beauty of – at least in the Midwest. The, right. the problem is sometimes, you know, we're competing on a national level and there's schools in different parts of the country that are able to get outside sooner than us. Mm-hmm. Um, even, even from Eau Claire to – Plavel or Whitewater, like there can be a week or two difference between when they get outside and when we get outside. Yep. Um, and that's an advantage for sure, but we don't play that off too often because then I don't, I don't want excuses. There's no excuse. Like mm-hmm. we're, we're, everybody's got an excuse. That's, that's not an excuse. There's a way to make it work. There's people in Canada, right, that are making the Olympics that yep. are in the cold. There's people in Sweden. I mean, mm-hmm. you figure it out. Yep. I love that, man. Uh, so what's it you – know, get to a meet now because I'm sure it's different than my eighth-grade prodigy year. Uh, Maybe. You we'll know. See. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, is there a lot of downtime for those athletes in between, oh. you know, meets? And, and what do you as a coach – what are you telling them to do or what are they usually focusing on during that downtime? Meets are long days usually. Mm-hmm. Like we'll go to a meet this week and we'll, we'll the first event will be, you know, 11.30 or 12 and we'll get done at – Five thirty or six o'clock at night. If mm-hmm. it's a national meet, if we have decathletes there, we're there at like nine in the morning, and we're leaving the meet sometimes at seven or eight at night. Um, the big thing is to make sure they're eating. Mm-hmm. To be honest, because there could be enough time between events that you have to put something in your body because you're going to run on empty at some point. So you know we have the big food bin, and we're telling kids to be prepared. You're trying to get kids to relax. Um, for me, that's a big thing is just try to go to the team camp, wherever that is, and, and close your eyes for a second. Um, there's a lot of teams, and I could probably be more teamy with my team. That's my word, teamy of the day. Okay, <laughs> um, They're like, you, between your events, get out there and cheer for your teammates. Mm-hmm. I get that, too, if you're done. If you're done for the day, get out to the track. Be supporting your team. But you got a job to do pretty soon, too, and, like, your best thing is to be relaxed between. Like, I don't need you amped all day. Be amped in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, most kids are nervous to begin with. Um, we don't need to, to rile them up more. Um, they usually got an energy drink or two in them these days. That's the other weird thing that wasn't <laughs> around when I was there. It's like every kid's drinking an energy drink. <laughs> like, I don't even drink coffee. Um, so, but, yeah, it, it's a long day, and it's a long process. So they have their own routines. You know, they, they know, you know, you got to set up your day. Like it's like anything. One of my big things is um, you plan your work and you work your plan. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't have a plan, don't expect work to go well that day. You know, when you lay your head down on your pillow, you better know what's coming the next day, or 
it's probably not going to be a good day for you. You mm-hmm. know, have a plan so that you're ready for it because there's going to be surprises no matter what, right? right. Every, the meet might get delayed. We might be behind. We might be ahead. We'll roll with that too. Mm-hmm. So when you look at, you know, when you get ready for, you know, a meet and, and, and a season and such, what do you think is maybe the biggest misconception, I guess, that outsiders have about maybe track and field athletes or track and field meets or, or anything like that? Kind of give us a little behind the curtain. That that they're maybe not the top athlete. Like mm-hmm. they went to track and field because they couldn't play football or play volleyball or, or play basketball. Like there's a lot of kids on our <laughs> – there's a lot of kids on our teams that if they were doing another sport, and we have a couple of kids that do other sports that come to us that would be very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think of Jacob Ekway, man. That guy on a defensive end or something on the football team would wreak havoc, but this is his sport. That that track and field is a secondary sport. Like mm-hmm. I think in a lot of people's minds, like, yeah, track and field is the sport that other sports use in their off season to stay in shape. I've heard that too, yep. And it is. Like, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, and that's a necessity in high school. Mm-hmm. But when you get to college, I always say the athletes are track athletes now. So everybody on our team is, like, a very high level at what they do. And, and you would be surprised. Like, like and maybe some people won't. But, like, when you watch somebody run, like, a mile and it looks effortless, it's not. Like, that's the other thing. It's, like, people look at, like, Olympic athletes and they think that's easy for them. They're – their internal right at the moment is hurting just as much as that high school kid that's hurting. They just know how to to stay within their themselves and look proficient when they hurt. Mm-hmm. But the inside is hurting just as bad, and they've done it in practice enough times. Um, that's one of the things too is like you go through pain in practice, so the pain in the meat doesn't seem as hard. You know, like if you if you look at what our throwers do in the weight room, like you think, well, throwing's not painful, right? Go in the weight room once when it's one of those big weight room days for our throwers and be like, holy cow, like, it's ridiculous. Like, one of our coaches, he's unbelievable. So we have a coach right now, Roger Steen, who's ranked number 12 in the world in the shot put. Yep, I remember him in his playing days. Right. We didn't even recruit him. He was a football player. Mm -hmm. Only threw over 50 feet once in high school. He had a lifting session about two months ago. I come in, he's got 425 on the squat rack. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching him do this over and over again. I'm like, what is your workout today? He's like, I'm trying to do 100 reps at 425. So I'm doing Jesus. <laughs> I'm doing 10 sets of seven until I get to 70. Then I'm going to go down to six until I get to that last set. And then I'm going to try to bump out a seven or an eight on that one. And I'm like, what? And that's not like that, our kids aren't doing that. But there's kid, times where our kids in the summer are doing – six sets of 15 reps on a squat where you're looking at what they have on there and you're like, I can't even, I would crumble under that weight. And this guy's doing 15, yeah. six sets. So, you know, it's all a process. Like that's, that's the beauty of track and field too, is that you see the numbers, the numbers don't lie. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a lot of like political things in our sport, which is nice as, as a coach. You can't say, ah, oh, you got a favorite. And I'm like, yeah, my favorite's this person running this fast and you're running this fast. Mm-hmm. Of course they're my favorite. <laughs> the numbers prove it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, if you want to be my favorite, jump further, <laughs> run faster, throw further, be a nice kid, be a good teammate. But, yeah, it's like, yeah. Like, do, do coaches have favorites? Yeah, the ones that make them look good are mm-hmm. usually the ones that are your favorite. <laughs> yep. 
I love it. I wonder how many other coaches might try to steal that. <laughs> Did you have anything before I get to lightning round? Nah. No, you're good? This okay. Is, this this is is awesome. is gonna be a good one. Uh we could make this. We could sit here for hours. hours. Yeah. In case nobody the studio is like ninety degrees here too, so I don't know if you guys are sweating I'm right the now. only one liking it. I love it when it's hot. I'm always Man, cold. man, it's like heating issues and all that, so uh, all right, ready for lightning round? I'm ready. I've been waiting I'm, for I'm these. excited for this one. I feel like this is going to be a good one. We'll start <laughs> off easy. I'll try not to anger it. <laughs> we'll start off easy. Favorite food? Pizza. I'll eat pizza anywhere. And just so you know, and I know Nick's going to ask this, no. No pineapple on my pizza. Sorry, Nick. My wife would say yes, but no. And I'm not one of those, you know, Alfredo sauce. It's got to have. It's got to be a traditional pizza, but it can be thick. It can be thin, but like, and I'll eat anything on a pizza, basically, except I don't want pineapples on there. Yeah, he beat you to it, man. I love I it. it. He coming, does Nick. listen to it. I That's listen. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, I love that sultry voice, Nick. Come on. <laughs> I got nothing. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> hey, uh, when you have some downtime, are you streaming anything? Are you binge watching anything? Or I I try not to because I'm I get sucked into things and then I'll binge watch and all of a sudden it will be like eleven thirty at night and I should go to bed and I'm like <laughs> okay one more and then <laughs> yep. it's like one a.m. I make and then the next day I'm mad at myself but like I'm not right now. Um, the last thing I really really watched was um, the Beckham. Oh, on, yeah, on, I, I really I really enjoyed that. Like I. I didn't know about him as much as I thought I did, so mm-hmm. that that was that was interesting because I liked that he was you know a young kid that just went outside every day and and yeah. made himself good because uh, you look at he didn't have lineage in his past. You right. look at his parents; there wasn't anything there other than passion. It seemed like so mm-hmm. I enjoyed that, but yeah, I, you know, if I'm going like my favorite ones of all time, probably uh, Peaky Blinders is one of my favorites yeah, of all time. One, yep, um, things like that. Yep, love it. Thomas Shelby. Yep. Love it. Um, favorite book. Do you have a favorite book? Uh, <laughs> you seem like a guy that does read some of those. I do. Yeah. Um, believe it or not, my favorite book is The Grapes of Wrath. Okay. Um, I love the struggle Yep. Um, of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually read it during COVID. Okay. So it, it helped me get through COVID because, like, when I was depressed because I didn't have a team to coach, I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, people had it way worse than I did. You know, Dust Bowl is probably a little worse than, than sitting at home and watching yep. – Watching news about what's going to happen next, so yeah, I I got a I get a little dark side to me sometimes, I guess. So I I, I like that. I liked uh, I like Boys in the Boat too. I read that Ooh, a couple yep. years ago. That was good. I haven't seen the movie. I'm I was just going to ask if you've seen yeah, it. Yet. I don't know if I want to. I, yeah. I mean, I, I love the book so much. I like, mm-hmm. you know. Um, don't want to ruin it for yourself. Yeah, yeah. I, you yep. know that can that can ruin a book. I feel like. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Yep. So speaking of movies, do you have a favorite movie? I do. Um, Interstellar. Ooh, it's probably my favorite. Wow, nice. Um, if I'm going like one of those intellectual ones, and I'm trying to really get deep into something, if I'm if I'm not, then I'll go something like I love the movie Seven. Even yep. so dark um, yep. and such a great twisted ending. I mm-hmm. like I like Fury, the tank movie with uh, you know mm-hmm. uh, Brad Pitt. I yep. think that mm-hmm. one's got some good good scenes in it yes. that are pretty powerful. But yeah, those yeah. would be some of my top ones. Awesome. Uh, how about what are if you have downtime or what are you doing on your downtime maybe to escape a little bit? It seems like you don't escape. <laughs> planning, planning, planning track meets. Yeah. <laughs> I would rather and I don't I don't escape. Yeah. You know, I, I I'm one of those people that I don't fish, I don't hunt. Um, I so don't, you don't burn out or anything like that on on. I'm not stuff? okay. So you just brought up one of my. I, I don't believe in burnout. Okay. I don't like if you if you love something you don't burn out. Like I'm mm-hmm. not going to burn out on my wife, right? Like, I love her. Like, yeah. you don't burn out. Like, there's times where you, 
you need a break, but you don't burn out. Like, and I don't take a lot of breaks. So, like, in this – no, like, it's probably thinking track and field. Like, as soon as my season's done, like, I'm going to be at the U.S. Olympic trials, hopefully, watching Roger and my son compete and, and mm-hmm. coaching him and things like that. But my mind's always – like, the season will get done – and if we even if we win or lose, we'll be at the national meet, and the coaches usually gather in in one of the hotel rooms and have a couple. And I usually go to my hotel room and I start thinking, all right, how do we do this again, or how do we get better next year? I kind of go and have my little time there. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, like I don't I don't need to unwind. Like I I really like what I'm doing. Like I I like to get away from the kids for about a couple of weeks. But by July, I'm like I'm missing the team. Like I need that interaction again. I like that. I like that made me feel bad now when you said the wife part. I'm like, oh yeah, I can't say that anymore now. <laughs> oh boy, sorry. <laughs> oh man, how about uh, who's your biggest influence in in your life? I think that's changed. You yeah. know, like when when I was growing up, it was obviously my parents. Like I had I had a dad that worked tirelessly. Like I don't know how that guy slept. You know, I, I know how he slept, but I don't know when he slept. We had a farm. He had a full time job on top of it. My mom was the one that was always my biggest fan. Like, if I said something outlandish, like, I want to do this, she would say, yeah, let's, you can do this, you know. But then she was also the one that – I had a tough mom. Like, when I played basketball, I always tease, but I could be sitting on the couch on a Saturday morning in January, and she'd come down and say, what was your – what did you shoot on the free throw line last night's game? And I'd be like, four for six. So she'd be like, you missed two. Like, mm-hmm. you, these are free throws. It's free, right? Don't miss them. Nobody's guarding you. Why don't you go outside and shoot a few? And I'm like, it's January. So I'd go out for 10 or 15 minutes and shoot free throws with a glove on to make sure that I was doing what I need to. As I've grown up, you know, I've obviously had really good coaches along the way. I won't mention them because I'll leave somebody out. But um, now I would say my biggest influence is my wife, who <laughs> puts up with me. Um, anybody's, anybody who is a coach's wife hats off to you because um, we're moody because you know i live and breathe with my team so if it's not a good day mm-hmm. i'm coming home in a bad mood and usually she's the one that's taking it and it's not good i know that i'll try to do better joanna <laughs> um but and my son you know he's probably changed a lot like anybody that's had a kid knows that when you have a kid or kids they just change you as a person mm-hmm. so i mean he he's somebody's changed my outlook on how i do things and and what i want to be i would uh, i would uh tag team on that i got a six-year-old and i never you know it, it changed your perspective on everything it does you know, once you have one so usually for the best yeah absolutely 100 percent um for a quick reminder for everybody for, for your son so what's like kind of the timeline you know you mentioned the trials and that and roger too uh, on there what right so um that the the time uh olympic trials for them will be the last week in in july june okay. this year um you know the hope for my son would be to probably make the finals at the olympic trials i don't think we have any high dream of him actually making the olympics that would be tough in his event he runs the 400 hurdles but i mean he's been top 12 to 15 the last couple of years in the united states in that in the 400 hurdles mm-hmm. roger on the other hand my hope is roger hits a big one because he 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 could be top three i i really do believe that he, he but he's also you know he'll be i don't want to say his age he's been at a while 30 31 probably Mm -hmm. 31 i think is what he'll be this year where my son will is just turning 25 so we'll see if they continue how much longer each of them but yeah um 
It never ends for them, too. I mean, mm-hmm. Roger right now is in Europe throwing. Mm-hmm. He's got to meet this, this weekend in Europe. So wow. um, he's he's amazing. Roger is amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and his good friend, Kurt, who is his coach right now, and Paul, you know, that throws group is unbelievable. I know he wasn't on your team, but, you know, localized. Do you pay attention like like a Kenny? Kenny Ben oh, sure. Eric and, like, and all yeah, that I mean, yeah, he, he, I have video of my son running against Kenny in high school uh, at Oklahoma Memorial's track. So like, that's nice. cool to see. Yep. And, um, but yeah, like, yeah, we follow them for sure. Like any mm-hmm. anybody in the track world, you know about it. it's it's track and field. It's not right. like you know everybody in track to mm-hmm. a certain degree. Uh, music you listen to either to get pumped up or maybe calm down if you. If all you right, I'm gonna upset a bunch <laughs> of people here. I'm not a big music guy. But if you're listening to country, either I'm leaving the room or you're leaving the room. Okay? Like, to me, it's an oxymoron. Like, country and music are not a thing. Like, it hurts my ears. Okay? So, so all those department meetings where oh I just, my gosh. Put, just put today's country on? I was going nuts. If you, if you were Schwamberger sitting next to me, he was cracking up because he knows it. He's just like, Chip, just, just get through it, man. <laughs> Because, like, the other day, like, you guys are always like, should I put music on? I'm like, no, no, no. Because I know it's going to probably be country coming up. And I'm like, God, I got to put up with this. So, like, I think it was the first meeting Jason had. We had to cross out all those numbers. <laughs> we sat there in silence for. No, it was country music. Right, right. But everybody was working on the worksheet for, like, 90 seconds. And we right. did it, like, three times. Yep. And it, I just hit today's country oh god because i i, I, got I was tasked about, yeah everybody's was, getting through a hundred of those things and some people are at like 80 or 90 and i think normally it would have been okay probably not great but i got through like 16 because i was like angry i'm like I can't do <laughs> <laughs> like this isn't working for me just all right no somebody to else, self, somebody right? else gets country this in win. the department meetings and i'm competitive too so then i knew i was gonna lose i'm like this but, sucks <laughs> so what is your style um <laughs> I don't believe in his politics, but like I love Kanye West's music. Yeah. Um, I like like late seventies type stuff too. But I mm-hmm. also like I'll throw on like just classical music in, in my office too if I want to calm down. It depends. Mm-hmm. People will hate me, but I'm one of those. I'm also one of those people. I'll start listening to Christmas music as soon as it's like November first. Nice. Nice. That's my thing. Yeah. Yep. Everybody's what got their own Thanksgiving. Thing. And I get Why it. are we skipping Thanksgiving? Oh, I love Thanksgiving yeah. just because that's There's the nothing only, wrong with yeah. the music, though, for Christmas, no, dude. Yeah, if there was Thanksgiving music, I might when do you, When do you put up Christmas decorations? Uh, as soon as Thanksgiving's done. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah, I don't put those up. Really. Anytime that's I can a get a little extra Bing Crosby or something oh, like that. Oh, yeah, Bing's you know. good. Silver bells? Come on, dude. Bing Crosby? Just put you I in a I grew up in a house that my mom played it early. I just... It's, I was ingrained into it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my fault. Man, right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you could do your own podcast, you know. I mean, if you had some I've thought about it. Yeah. I just don't have that kind of time. I maybe when I'm retired. Yeah, you got a while yet for that, though, too, I hope right? so. Gosh. Man. Give me 10 or 15 at least. <laughs> so you mentioned, uh, to, to kind of wrap things up uh, for our lightning round, you mentioned you played multiple sports. I did. What was your second favorite, then, outside track and field? Basketball. Basketball? Um I almost, I almost went to a junior college to play basketball. Um, I loved basketball. I just wasn't as good at it. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I knew my, I knew my path was going to be better with, with track and field. But yeah, I, 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 I loved playing basketball. I just loved that atmosphere of the fans are right next to the court. You know, like football, mm-hmm. they're away, and and track, they're kind of away and all over. But like, it just you get in the a rowdy away gym. I love the away gyms too because I was that. 
Mm-hmm. That guy that people didn't like. I always loved road games playing basketball. Oh, I loved there's it. There's nothing better because like because then you silence them and different all that. pep bands and mm-hmm. their crowd would get and you'd kind of get in their head too if you could. I, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I wasn't one of those liked people by the other yep. opposition. You know, like so like I, I I fed on that. I was like I like to be the villain a little yeah. bit. That's awesome. Love uh, it. Favorite athletes? Did you have an athlete growing up as a kid, or even yeah, now? like in track and field, I was I was a Carl Lewis guy because mm-hmm. he was a, he was a multiple. He did sprints and he was a field event guy. It's yeah. hard to find people that did both because that's what I was like. I, I hurdled and I long jumped. So mm-hmm. um, I like the people that did multiple things. Um, you know, I, I didn't. I'm not one of those people though that really idolized people necessarily. Like I've never been one of those people like, oh, let's get that person's autograph. I, mm-hmm. I, I always thought, well, they're just they're just people, right? Like, I want to be like that. So, I, like, why would I hold them to too high of esteem? Because right. that's the level I want to get at. So it's like, eh. like I've never been like a big jersey guy or mm-hmm. chaser either. So, like, I like teams. Like, you know, I, I grew up liking the Iowa Hawkeyes for basketball because that's the only TV stations we got where I was growing up. So I like yep. Tom Davis because he had, you know, Wisconsin ties. You mm-hmm. know, so I like that. So things like that. But yeah. I that would have been my – Carl Lewis was my guy growing yep. up. You didn't transition to Bo Ryan with the Platteville connection? Oh, I oh God, I could tell you Bo Ryan stories for yeah, sure because was. I went to school when he was there. So I actually had basketball coaching class with Bo Ryan. Oh, nice. Yes. So, like, awesome. he's where I got uh, uh, work your plan from. Okay. Um, you know, plan your work, work your plan. He was the guy I got that from. Um, I would work all his basketball camps in the summer. I would ref his summer leagues. Really? Um, he always teased me because, believe it, yeah, if you could see it, I'm, I'm follically challenged. I have no hair. I'm bald. Bald is beautiful, people, just so you know. Dang, I was going to uh, ask where you get your haircut. At home every other day. <laughs> Got one this morning. Okay, so I'm fresh. I'm shiny under these lights in here. But, um, but yeah, so he always teased because I used to have this flat top. It was like You had he, a flat top? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was not pretty. Like People tell me now, I'm like. I'm going to Platteville for the archive. <laughs> I can send you some, Nick, but it's it's pretty crazy. That's but, the um, photo for this podcast. That's yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, he always teased. He's like, I I was recruiting Chip because t- I thought he was six five until I realized he was only six two. <laughs> but yeah, like like we went to all the games. Like we traveled to all their championships, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, it, I was there during the heyday when they were winning national titles, and it, it was that was the like you had to get tickets the day before a game to get into Man. the game there. It was awesome. Like I was there. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was one of the greatest. That's probably why I stuck around Platteville for too many years just to watch <laughs> the basketball team. I loved his book, Another Hill to Climb. I yeah. read it in college. I, re- I know the hill that he's climbing. Like, it, yeah. Oh gosh, yeah, <laughs> we know the hill because he, he has his like the, they run the hill in the in the. In the fall, you know, that was one of his big things when he got to Madison. He had to go find a hill, Mm -hmm. you know, that would be comparable to the – if you go to Platteville, there's hills everywhere. Like, you can't run anywhere in Platteville without hitting a hill because that's, you know, the glacier didn't hit there. There's there's something for you kids to look up, you know, (laughs) where the glacier didn't hit. Come on, social studies, learn your history. Um, But, yeah, so, yeah, I know the hill. That hill was something else. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't make my runners run that hill. Really? No, it's too steep. Wow. It was. It was brutal, but it was cool. Did you run it ever? Um, I've run it once just to see what it was like. Yep. Forget it. That was once, <laughs> or, once is enough. You just know? to say you did it. And yeah, you know? I mean, I did it. It's like you, there's no reason to to climb Mount Everest twice. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, do you have anything else before we wrap this up here? I'm good. Yeah. Man, we could go on for another hour. You Let have to come know. back. Have me back. I know nope. you say that every week. We could do this every week. Every week you say, we could do this. <laughs> and you could. <laughs> you could. You could. Yeah, all these coaches could tell stories for hours because a lot of us are really old. You get a lot of stories as you get old. That's that. Let that be a lesson to you kids. Just listen to your grandparents. they got a lot of stories to tell, and usually they're good. Love it. That's awesome. Perfect ending. Coach, this was a lot of fun, man. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you. Appreciate it.